I realize it's Mother's Day, um, but I've been preaching a sermon that I feel like I need to continue. So I'll connect the dots, I promise. But uh, you might wonder how this is applicable to moms when we first start. Um, we'll get there. Um, but we've been talking. Uh, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes. It's, it's on me on the screen behind me that we've been talking about. There is a, a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Uh, there's a time to plant and a time to uproot. And we've been spending time uh, the last couple of weeks as a church talking about this time to plant. You know, with the premise, you know, Jesus, he was pretty good when he taught people. He used life examples, things that were relevant to the time, and he used them to bring about spiritual truths. And, and doing, doing the same thing with his word is it's a time to plant. That's what's going on. We've got our little plants going at the house and we're growing them. Levi and I are going to grow a giant pumpkin this year. It's our goal. I'm going to grow a 200-pound pumpkin, me and Levi. How are we going to move it? I don't know. What are we going to do with it? I don't care. But we're going to grow a 200-pound pumpkin. It's that time, you know, and that's what we're doing. So people are getting the gardens. We talked about David. You know, he's got his, he wants to till up your garden. If you need someone to till your garden for you, whatever else. It's that time. And so when we looked at this, the first thing we talked about was what kind of seed are we sowing? Are we sowing good seed or are we sowing bad seed in our lives? I mean, we're sowing something, and what kind of seed are we sowing? Uh, last week, we spent just a, a little bit of time looking at the seed that we sow. And if you recall the, the illustration of a seed, but just how much potential is in one seed? It's innumerable what can come from one. I talked about pumpkins last week, and and we talked about, I think it was in three years from one seed, we could potentially have 54 million pumpkins. The potential that we have in a seed. So, so what's next? We, we sow seed. We, we know what seed we're sowing, what it can produce. And now it's got to produce. I want to look at another parable. Um, those were all came from parables that Jesus taught. But I, I want to spend some time in, a, in another parable. And I think the parable we're going to look at is one that's often overlooked. We know the parable of the sower, you know, he goes out and sows, some falls on a rock, some falls among the thorns. We've heard that good soil. We hear about the mustard seed, about that parable. We hear about uh, the parable of, uh, of the, the wheat and tares or where the, the farmer goes out and then at night and a, a, a bad person comes in and they, they sow wheat or weeds in with their, with their crop or their harvest. We, we hear those, but there's one parable, it's only in the book of Mark, that I think we often overlook. Because really we're going to read it, and you probably have already read it because it's behind me right now. Um, but, but we're going to read it in just a second. It's like, what? I mean, seriously, there doesn't seem to be much to it. But I think there's a significant truth in growing that we're going to get through this parable. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4, uh, starting off today. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. As you turn there, or if you're just going to read on the screen, that's fine. I'm going to pray for God's anointing to continue. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for each one of us who has been able to be here this morning to experience your goodness through song, through prayer, through praise. God, we ask that continue. Mold us. Help us to hear. Help us to see. Help us to comprehend. Take us and allow us to be used of you. Father, every word I speak, every word that's heard, I pray it be anointed and appointed by the very Spirit of God this day in this place, in Jesus' name. Mark chapter 4. It says, He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. 
It's going to get profound. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or get up, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts sickle to it because the harvest has come. Parable is so, or at least Jesus explains it. You know, after they get away from the crowd and he's back with his disciples, he tells them what that parable means. We don't have that picture into this parable. I mean, what's the deal? What's it saying? There's a guy. He plants seed. He goes to bed. He gets up. Guess what happens? The seed grows. Wow, this is intense stuff. How much does it grow? Well, it grows all the way to harvest, right? So what's the point? What is Jesus trying to teach us through this parable? Parables, I mean, he's comparing it to the kingdom of God. We're seeking the kingdom. We're trying to discover what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is like what? There's some translations that instead of using the word man, they say farmer. So if we read this, the kingdom of God, what it's like, it's a farmer scatters seed on the ground. And I think farmer is a pretty important piece of this. Because I can read this as laziness, right? Because what's he do after he sows seed? I mean, he just goes to bed, he gets up. He's a farmer. So I'm guessing he's done the work. See what I'm saying? I mean, he's a farmer, so I'm guessing he's already worked the field. I'm guessing he's paying attention to his seed. If this is his livelihood, he's probably taking care of things. He's running off the deer, and, and he's keeping away the mom. I mean, he's doing what he needs to do for his, for his harvest, right? I don't think we can imply that he just neglects it completely. But what do we find out about the farmer? Nine day, whether he sleeps or gets up, seeds sprout and grow and the scripture says, and he doesn't know how. Seeds grow, and the one growing them has no idea how. Another translation says he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. What makes the seed grow? Ryan, why does the seed grow? Ryan's a smart biology teacher, but I'm guessing it's going to take him a little while to go through photosynthesis and water and nutrients. But what makes the seed grow? Like, what takes that seed? We gave you pumpkin seeds last week. What makes that seed become a sprout and a plant and have flowers and then produce pumpkins that have more seeds in it? What is it that makes it grow? The farmer said, I don't get it. What does a farmer get? He gets the environment. He gets the stimulus. He understands what he can do to help the seed grow. But he knows his limitations. No matter what the farmer does, he cannot make the seed grow. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who sowed a seed. 
He goes to bed at night. He's not up consumed about whether the seed's growing or not. He's not up at night sitting by his garden saying, come on up, buddy. Come on, grow, grow. You can do it. We've got some seeds at the house and some little cucumber sprouts are coming up right now. I can go pull on those things, but guess what's going to happen the moment I pull? Bye-bye, sprout. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So the farmer has to realize there's a piece of trust in farming. There's significant faith in farming. No matter what I do, no matter how hard I work, no matter what fertilizer I use and how much I water and the perfect sunlight and and whatever else we do to make the plant grow, I can't make it grow. There's one that does that, that I don't comprehend. The kingdom of God is like a farmer. He sowed a seed. And, and, and so he, he's done the work. He's taking care of the farm. But then he gets to a place of trust. I did what I can do. And now it's in your hands. I did what I can, and I'll continue to go, and I'll continue to keep away the deer, and I'll continue to to fertilize or continue to water. I'll continue to make sure the sun's shining, but I cannot, I cannot make the seed grow. We got flowers in the back. Somebody hang one of those flowers real quick. Someone, anyone, someone's. Flowers. Guess how this flower started? It was a seed, right? I can promise you, I am not making a lily like the seed did. I'm not very artistic in the least. So if I got my construction paper... I might try to make this grow, and I might try to put something on there that's just not right, but I will never match what the seed should produce. I can't do it. So what do I have to do? I have to trust. The message this morning that I want to look at, the message I want to spend some time, we've talked about we've sowed seed. We talked about sowing good seed. We talked about the potential of that seed. And sometimes the potential causes us to just want to get in the way. I'm going to make this thing grow. I know what God's promise is and I'm going to make it happen. We talked about Abraham and Sarah last last week. What did they do? They tried to make the promise. But that wasn't the fulfillment. This morning, the message that I want to look at is just having faith that God can do what He said He would do. Realize your limitations and and your expectation of God fulfilling the promise that He's made you. There's a point where we, we have to allow God to make the seed to grow. How can I say this? There's another scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 
uh, 6. Chapter 3, I'm sorry. Paul's writing. He said, I planted a seed. Apollos watered it. But who? But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded for according to their own labor, for we're co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. This picture of Paul, what's happening is people are divided. Because some are saying Paul was the one who, who baptized me, and some are saying Apollos, and it was causing pride to rise up and all these problems, and we're people and we always make problems out of what God's trying to do, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what's going on. And, and so Paul writes this letter and he says, hey, I planted the seed. Apollo swatted it. But guess what? Neither one of us get the credit because who gets the credit for what the seed did? It's God who makes the seed grow. So does it matter if it was Paul, Apollos, or Pastor Steve who talked to you about Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter because God's the one who makes the seed grow. The encouragement. Trust God. Farmers have more faith than the church. I mean, what farmer sows seed and doesn't expect to see fruit? But as a church, we sow seeds and we're not so sure. And so we get in the way of what God wants to do. Now, don't get me wrong. There's still responsibility for the farmer. Paul says, I planted, right? What did he do? He sowed, right? What did he sow? Well, it's the very word of God. Mark chapter 4, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes, takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it and produce a crop. Listen to me, we still sow. Moms, we sow. We're sowing in our kids. We're sowing in, in, in their friends. We're sowing in who we are. Dads, we sow. What am I sowing in my kids? We talked about good seed and bad seed. What word are they hearing from me? From my life? Because the scripture is clear. How many times did it tell us the seed is the word? What is the word of God? It's the written word of God. We know what this says. We have it at our hands. We have it on our phones. I have every version possible at the touch of a finger right now. I'm getting Greek, Hebrew, Latin, or whatever, Spanish. I can get it in this translation, that translation. I can get it in one that says what I want it to say. You know what I mean? I mean, everything at, the, at my fingertips. Am I sowing the word? Am I speaking God's word in my kids' lives? 
Am I sowing God's word in my life and in who I'm around? In my fields that, that are at my control as a farmer? I plant, Paul said. I'm going to speak the word of God. Who is the word of God? Jesus Christ. I sow Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. I have Jesus that I can sow in people's life. I plant. I'm going to sow. Paul said, but someone else came along. There's this guy named Apollos, and what did he do? He watered. He watered. And I'm the one who sowed, but someone else took care of that stuff that I sowed. How are you watering? You know, in my in my, my house, we're going to have a garden this year. We'll see how it goes. Water is expensive in Crawford. I tell you what, we don't look like we're getting good fruit. We're going to stop watering altogether. But water is essential for growth. You see, we're in this together. God's talking about we're co-laborers in His kingdom. We're co-workers. He said in that verse in Corinthians, we're working with God, so we have to do our part. You and I, we water. What does that look like biblically? John chapter 4. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will never be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Where should there be water? It should be in you. It should be in you. Your life, your words, what you're saying, how you're acting, what you're doing. Jesus says, I'm living water. Have you drunk the living water? If you say yes, then there's a wellspring of life that is within you. You don't have to worry about how, how expensive the bill will be from Crawford because it's coming from within you. What does, that, what does that water look like? John chapter 7 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So not only is it in you, but it should be flowing from you. That's watering. By this he meant the Spirit. Whom those who believed in, in him were later to receive up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. God has placed His Spirit in those who believe. The Spirit of God is producing a wellspring inside of every one of us. The Spirit of God should be producing rivers that flow from us. But all too often, we're not letting the rivers flow. We're keeping it inside. There's seed that we're sowing. We do the work. We, we labor and, and we sow. And we might even pick some weeds because that's fun sometimes. But man, when it comes to watering, what are we doing? The Spirit is synonymous in Scripture with water. 
It's the illustration that, that God seems to use time and time again throughout Scripture to, to, to demonstrate who His Spirit is. He's given us His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Huh? What's flowing from you? Sometimes I'm doing more fertilizing than I am watering, if you know what I'm saying. Glad we all followed that one. Didn't want to have to explain. But there's faith. Because it's God who makes the seed grow. You know, I want to be able to say I've done what I needed to do. I, I, I planted, I watered, I took care of, I put it in good soil. But at some point, I've got to trust God. At some point, I've just got to say, God, I did what I could. At some point, I've got to say, God, I've done everything. I've watered. I've been, I've been attentive. And now I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to stay awake worrying whether the seed's going to grow. I'm not going to get consumed with doubt and anxiety and fear about whether he will or he won't. I'm just going to trust that God can. I'll sleep good tonight. Because I know I can't change it anyway. I've got to trust the one who is able. There's a scripture about a woman who trusts God. Real quick, in Matthew chapter 15, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter's demon-possessed and suffering terribly. She knew what fruit she wanted. She needed a lily called her daughter being delivered. She knew she couldn't do anything, so she, she went to the one who could. She had faith in the one who could. And when she got there, what did she experience? What she expected, right? Not right away. No, at first, she sees Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and they urged him, send her away. She keeps crying out at us, after us. She's a loudie. Get her away from here. We want to relax right now is what's going on. He answered, I was... I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, is it not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs? Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. What happened? Jesus was trying to relax. He was trying to get away. He was trying to just be with his buddies. John had just died and he just needed a moment to kind of recover. And this loud woman showed up and she wanted his attention. She was a woman, which was her first strike against her. She was Canaanite, which was her second strike against her. You know, she had everything going against her. Wrong time, wrong, wrong gender, wrong national, everything. But it didn't matter because she had faith. She knew what God could do so she trusted that he would do it It didn't matter if the answer didn't seem like the the seed didn't sprout when she thought it would my wife makes fun of me and we got that little tray of plants this year so we planted the seeds and i pull it down to see we had to put it up on a counter so the kids wouldn't mess with it pull it down to see if anything sprouted yet and i'd show avery she said why are you looking at that thing all the time 
There's some excitement in seeing the sprout, right? I mean, it didn't matter. I just played them like three minutes ago. Did it sprout yet? I'm a microwave American. Everything comes in like 30 seconds. I'm supposed to have cucumbers already. I mean, seriously. Man, what about our faith, huh? Sometimes we got microwave faith. And when the answer isn't what we thought or didn't come the way it was supposed to, all of a sudden, the woman trusted. And Jesus, he seems to to send her away, right? But she trusted. You know what? I don't need the bread. I just need the crumbs. I I don't need a whole whole serving. I just I just need need the crumbs. Because I know through the crumbs, the fullness of what you have can be fulfilled. She understood the promise of God. God's promises. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. And even when they're old, they will not depart from it. I trust in the seed. I trust it's God who will make the seed grow. I've trained my child the way I should. I trust. Moms. Sometimes the lesson to learn is trust. Dads, sometimes the lesson to learn is trust. The kids, uh, they grow up and they start doing the wrong things, and we want to shape them and we want to make them into the flower, right? God will do better. But don't stop watering. Don't stop sowing but trust God to do what God does he's the one who 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 convicts hearts it's his words that bring about repentance it's God that accomplishes that it's not me I speak the truth but I let the truth do what the truth is supposed to do there's trust the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient for you, wishing that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's God's word. God's wish is that, that all would come to repentance. We can expect to see that fruit. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. His promise is that you're not alone. His promise is that he's with you. His promise is that even in those moments where you may wonder if you're ever going to see a flower, he is with you. He, he won't leave you. You may feel alone. You may wonder, but he is there and he will reveal his promise. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds were healed. Even though you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Mom, dad, friend, brother, son, daughter, Aunt, uncle, trust God. Look at his word. Be faithful to your part. Do your part. And trust God to 
do the rest. Because I can promise you, when he does it, it will be way greater than anything you could ever have imagined. Scripture, we looked at the book of Galatians. It says that in due season, at just that right moment, if we keep on doing good, if we keep on sowing seed, that in due season, we will reap a harvest. Scripture also says in the book of Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things unseen. If you're experiencing some things unseen in the seed you've sown, have faith that God can produce. Sometimes that's the faith we need when the sprout is just not growing or when the seed is just not emerging. We need to have faith that God, who, who, He can do what is unseen. Anyway, better. Than what I can do. This morning, my message is simple. Trust God. Hey, you sow the word. You sow Jesus everywhere you go. You sow his love. You sow the word of God. You speak the truth. You water. Allow the spirit of God to flow from within you. Allow God's spirit to work upon you. To work through you. Rivers of life flowing through. I mean, think of that. Rivers of life flowing from you. Huh? Huh? And where there's rivers of life flow, I have to guess you're going to see life. So if you're wondering if rivers are flowing or not, what's the life around you look like? Maybe we didn't want to hear that. But ultimately, trust God. Let God be God. You guys can come forward. Because you see, it's one of us that plants. It's one of us who sows. But it's God who grows. It's God who gives the increase. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we've spent in here this morning. We thank you for the word, and I pray a challenge from the word. And God, I pray that just for a moment we can think about our lives, our gardens. As farmers, the areas where we're sowing, whether it's our kids or our friends or our ministries or all the things that are around us, our neighborhoods, God, as we think about that, let us ask a couple questions to ourselves. Am I faithfully sowing? Am I doing my part? Have I made sure to water? Have I made sure that, that I'm sowing the very word of God, Jesus Christ, and the redemptive work that he's accomplished in me? Am I sowing the promise that comes through the cross in how I live and in what I say and what I do? Am I living the good news of Jesus Christ? Is the Spirit flowing from within me? Are there rivers that are flowing from me? Is there a spring that's welling up inside of me? And maybe you say this morning, my spring, it just doesn't feel very wet. It seems like it's dried up. Then ask God who is faithful to give his spirit to you and allow that spring to continue to well up from within you. Just like the woman in our story, we can ask Scripture says, ask, seek, and knock. We ask God for those promises. Father, I pray for every kid whose mom is in this sanctuary. I pray for every one of them, God, uh, who, whose father is in this sanctuary. God, I pray that, that, that you would work in them the good seed.
I pray that you would allow that seed that's been sown in their lives to grow. I pray for us, God, that maybe we become anxious. That we would just trust. That we would realize, God, where your work starts. Where you're doing what you need to do and we would trust you, God, to accomplish that good work. Father, we trust our seeds in your hands. We trust you to grow, you to give the increase. In Jesus' name, as they lead us in a chorus, I just would encourage you to trust God. Think about what seeds he's placed in your life. Think about what seeds you've been sowing, and maybe you need to just let him have those seeds. Trust him today. Trust Him that He can accomplish that which He set out to accomplish. pray for the crumbs for that which is 
able to accomplish more than we can imagine. I pray for our hearts, for our spirits to be filled with living water. And God, I pray for the fruit that is coming. I pray for the harvest that will be produced. We don't understand. We don't know how. But I look forward to the fruit that is coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you be faithful and trust God to grow those seeds. Amen?